Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So this is the podcast where we talk about things about musical theaters and plays. And because it is Halloween, so Becky, do you want to do the honor? Do I want to do the honor? Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel privileged. Yes. Um, so in today's episode, we'll be talking about Ghost Quartet. Yes. I believe this is an episode <laughs> you're very passionate about. I definitely was looking forward to that. I can tell you <laughs> straight <laughs> off the bat. Honestly, this is something that Becky introduced me to again. <laughs> as, uh, as we cover many musicals before, I had no idea what the heck this is until (laughs) (laughs) until she told me about it and I look it up and if you're just looking at the summary or the plot from Wikipedia it makes absolutely no sense (laughs) so the whole time I was very confused and I'm pretty sure if you gone into this musical like without really knowing anything you would probably be super confused the first time as well so hopefully I'm not the only one feeling that I have absolutely no idea what's going on. But yeah, for the longest time ever, I had a thing with this musical because I just don't know what it is about. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense. I listened to the recording and one song literally freaked me out so much that I was thinking to myself and be like, wow, this is the day that finally happens where Becky is into some horror stuff and I'm not. (laughs) And usually this is the opposite. So it was a strange experience for me. And I think last Halloween, or maybe the one before, I can't remember because of COVID. Last Halloween. Last Halloween, there was an online streaming event going on. So I watched it and it was pretty good. It was better than just listening to the recording for sure. But I was still very confused. And I think the fact that I had no idea what to expect just make the whole experience much more confusing for me. Anyway, so that is all to say that I'm just going to put a disclaimer here saying that if you hear me saying that I had no idea what's going on, it's literally because I had no idea what's going on. Fair enough. So Wait a sec. I thought last Halloween was the first time you ever got acquainted with Ghost Quartet. So like you first saw it rather than heard it. So I'm really surprised right now. Does it mean that because I talked about it quite a lot, you went separately and listened to it before watching the Halloween special? That's my memory. I can't remember like which one comes first, but I remember Hmm. listening to one of the songs and thinking, oh my goodness, what the heck is this? Okay. And that song is the photograph. I'm just going to put it here. I see, I see. Yeah. I was uh, wanting to ask, but it was like, oh, maybe she wants to save it for a little bit later. <laughs> okay. Good to know. It's a photograph. It's one of my favorites, by the way. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> for me, I think it was pretty, like, appropriate because I first heard about it from a Subway advertisement. So Ghost Quartet premiered in Toronto in 2019. So this is going to be into its third year. And I watched it live in 2019. Uh, And then last year I watched it obviously via video because of the whole pandemic situation. And this year is going to be video as well. I already got my tickets. Looking forward to it. So I heard about it from the Subway advertisements and the poster caught my eye. After like seeing, oh, you know, this this is a really well-designed poster. What Wait I saw a second. Was, what does the poster look like? The poster is a picture of all four of them. And it has uh, rose red with like um, an amulet, I believe. 
and pearl on her like on a back uh let me send you a picture of that poster because it's actually really well done but oh, like one sec maybe your power of description will be much better than mine <laughs> as a writer so it's kind of like space timey they had like several posters i believe because i think i vividly remember like one of them being rose with an amulet uh in here they have a picture of rose pearl the astronomer and the bear an actual bear in a subway and it's to a background of like nebula or some galaxy i don't know if it looks like it's something that would make an impression on you claire or is it just me no okay <laughs> i'm not very big on the galaxy ish kind of art mm. so i mean it's pretty but personally it's not something that i'll be attracted to i think it was looked to me vaguely absurdist and also kind of a bit of a fantasy theme like why would you have all these people on a subway and a bear can i give me like um the golden compass for some reason vibes so because I really like fantasy, maybe that's why I zoomed into it and it caught my eye. Maybe a few months before it, I got really into what is now my favorite musical, which is Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And the person who made that musical is Dave Malloy. And I noticed his name right after I noticed the poster. I was like, oh my god, I should probably go check this out because I like that musical very much. And it's in Toronto. So I checked it out and I decided to get tickets because the production is actually quite affordable. It's not part of Mervish production, I don't believe. So Mervish is like our equivalent of Broadway or West End. And this one is a more like smaller independent, I guess, theater. Uh, I got tickets for that for me and my sister and we watched it together in person and watching it in person was such a transformative experience almost because it was really intimate the setting of the theater was kind of like in a circle and the performers are in the middle and it's a not a very big room so you get to see them very very close and personal eye to eye and they have like a lot of props in there that make it very atmospheric for you as an audience member and also very interactive. So watching it in person, I would highly recommend if you ever have that opportunity, um, definitely do that. And then I got really hooked on the story and decided to let everybody I know who likes musical know about it. That brings us to you, Claire, and suggested, I think, last year because it was coming back. I know you like musicals and it was a pandemic, so we didn't really have anything really exciting to do. And I thought this was a nice break from the norm to watch it together. So I really enjoyed that experience. <laughs> but you can actually watch it for free on YouTube. The creator, Dave Malloy, put all of it on his account. So if you are interested in it and you want to see it for yourself, I would highly recommend to check out his YouTube. It's nice when creators do that from the goodness of their heart for free. So I really appreciate that. All right, so I guess that brings us nicely into our announcement. So for this episode, we're not going to have a summary because we are changing the format for this particular one, because otherwise it would make absolutely no sense in our usual format. And if you do like it, let us know if you want us to continue with this sort of format. So what we'll do is I will give a brief summary and like table of content of the story then i'll go into it a little bit more properly and after that we'll discuss story and our thoughts of it and then the songs 
So if you like it, let us know. And a second announcement. So as I mentioned, I think three times already, uh, Crow Theater is having a production this year. This is not sponsored, by the way, but I just wanted to say that this year from October 29th to the 31st, uh, 2021, by the way, they're releasing a digital pro shot of the Toronto production of Ghost Quartet. And I'm pretty sure you can access it from anywhere and you don't need to be Canadian to watch it through their platform. So I highly encourage you to support this local business if you're even remotely interested in it. And tickets are under $25 Canadian. So it's very affordable and you can purchase it from their website at crowstheater.com. Okay. So should we go into the story? Sure. All right. For this one, I will put another disclaimer for the story itself. So Ghost Quartet is a non-linear circular story. So I will just info dump it all in the beginning and we'll discuss the songs later to make sense of things. And keep in mind that this is a song cycle. So it's not really a traditional musical or play. Um, The intention is more like having fun with your friends rather than listening to a story. So it's very unusual, I think, for a musical and it's pretty irregular experience I guess so in fact the actors like really interact with the audience by giving them whiskey and stuff like that and saying the track number and having non-plot songs and I think it all goes into like make it more of a non-linear concept album feeling so keep that in mind as well And depending if that's your thing or not, it can be really cool because it leaves things very open to interpretation and very ambiguous. And you can read into the story in many different ways and make many alternative connections, or it might not be for you and both are okay. So to begin, there are four to five timelines we switch back and forth between, and we'll call them the fairy tale timeline, House of Usher, Subway, Soldier, and Arabian Nights. On top of that, there are songs that don't fit with any specific timeline and are just there for, I guess, funsies. This is going to be like a rough summary. The main story begins with like fairy tale timeline and follows two sisters, Rose and Pearl. Rose is in love with an astronomer who betrays her by stealing her poetry and publishing it under his own name. And he also falls in love with Pearl, her sister, who reciprocates his feeling. So when Rose finds this out, she goes kind of ballistic and she seeks a bear and asks him to kill the astronomer and turn Pearl into a crow. The bear agrees on the condition that she brings him one pot of honey, one piece of stardust, one secret baptism, and a photo of a ghost. And if it were you who was summarizing this and me who was listening, I would probably sing this line uh, because it's so like ingrained in my memory. But uh, this is where the story breaks down into like several different timelines because Rose has to go through multiple timelines and reincarnation of all the characters to obtain everything. So the soldier timeline, because it's the simplest, we'll just connect it to the main one. Wait, wait a second. Before before that, I just have one comment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything makes sense until when I read. So Rose goes to the bear asking for revenge. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) The bear? Out of nowhere, so random. Anyways, that was just me. I don't know if anybody else feel like the same, but the bear out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere. And the bear demands four stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's this is like symbolic <laughs> by any chance, but I just, <laughs> it was just so random that to the point that it was so funny. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> I think you definitely have to have like such a huge suspension of disbelief like if you're the person who oh why are they singing in a musical this is not gonna be that <laughs> musical for you for sure but I was thinking about the bear too and I think because bears feature a lot in like fairy tale stories in general like eastern european or european fairy tales I found feature bears quite a bit and it reminded me of that 
so I think like maybe that's also why this timeline is, is called the fairy tale timelines but yeah where were we the soldier timeline is like going to connect to the main one just because it really doesn't have a lot of bearing on the story besides the item so rose seduces a soldier to give her a pot of honey before killing the soldier on her request then after that we'll move to the subway because it connects most to the fairy tales timeline rose obtains the photo of a ghost in here by taking a picture of a victim before being pushed off the subway track right as she dies instead of helping her next one to obtain a secret baptism we visit the house of usher where rose steals a baby from a teenage mother named roxy and the last one we'll discuss is Arabian Night to obtain a piece of stardust. Rose gets close to Scheherazade, who we talked about in a channel before. Channel. On a podcast before. <laughs> Listen <laughs> on to YouTube. I don't know if we were like, oh, Scheherazade, I remember her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I like when, when these things connect and we have like multiple characters that feature over and over again. And, uh, after we wrap up Scheherazade's timeline, we'll connect back to the fairy tale to wrap everything up. So I guess let's dive right in. The musical doesn't really like sound too complicated, I think, when it's presented as an outline, but it gets very confusing because there are four main characters in the story, Rose Pearl, the astronomer and the bear, and they get reincarnated into every single story almost. And many times the same character is present several times within this timeline. So I think that is something that makes it very, very, very confusing for people. And the easiest way, I think, to start making sense of this is visually. So honestly, rest in peace to all the people who listen to the albums first. But uh, if you watch it, I think you also start to notice patterns in the story. I think the most important pattern that uh, will help anchor you is that Pearl is always the victim. While the story doesn't necessarily include the bear or the astronomer in every single timeline, like the soldier, for example, it will include a strong relationship between Pearl and Rose always, whether it's familial or romantic. And another consistent event is that in any story, Rose and the astronomer exist, they fall in love or at least have a relationship. Well, the story begins in like the fairy tale timeline. The next timeline we'll go into is the House of Usher, where Rose and is reincarnated into Roxy, Roxy's dead sister and Roxy's daughter, Starchild, which Rose steals for the baptism. Pearl is Roxy's mother and she's a victim because Roxy kills her at the end of the House of Usher story. The astronomer is Roxy's father, which fulfills a relationship with Pearl. But there is another astronomer who impregnates Roxy before leaving and the bear is her brother. So this weaves into the subway plot. So after the fall of the House of Usher, the father encourages his deadbeat son to leave home and the son leaves the city and he goes specifically to New York City. There he meets a reincarnated Pearl who is playing a game on her phone. The astronomer presumably is the subway driver in here while reincarnated Rose is the photographer. The sun pushes Pearl onto the subway tracks, which Rose sees. She takes a picture of Pearl instead of saving her. And after doing that, Rose is disgusted by herself and breaks her camera. And to repair it, she goes to a repair shop where she is met with a reincarnated Pearl, telling her the story of their lives once again. After meeting Pearl, she finds the phone number of the subway driver and calls him. And they end up married with children. And it is presumed that... Because it's a circular story, the two children they have are Rose and Pearl from the main storyline of fairy tale. So as I mentioned before, the soldier timeline is the simplest one. It's just Pearl and Rose with no one else. And Rose pretends to love the soldier to steal her honey before killing her and making her a victim once again. 
So this one doesn't actually connect with any of the other ones and it has like only one song. So it's very, very simple. And the very last storyline, Arabian Nights, sees Pearl reincarnated as Scheherazade and Rose reincarnated as Dunyazad, her sister. Rose visits Scheherazade and asks for a piece of stardust, which is the same as a story. So piece of stardust equals a story. Pearl is murdered by the beer, Shazaman, after giving up all of her stories. And out of grief, Shazaman stops talking and becomes the Iranian man the astronomer talks about in his introduction song. The astronomer is reincarnated into David, the pianist, who despite it causing him a great deal of pain, plays for the ghost of Thelonious Monk who lives in Shazaman's palace in the hope it will awaken and give meaning to his pain. So in the end, after collecting all the pieces from all the timeline, Rose goes back to the bear and we find out the bear ha had actually no intention of killing the astronomer or turning Pearl into a crow and just did it for the honey and for fun. To exact revenge, Rose kills Pearl herself by drowning her in a river, which is how she gets her breastbone and how it is getting made into a fiddle. So this wraps pretty much everything up. I grouped all the songs into timelines. So maybe we can start with the main timeline of Fairy Tale and Soldier. The songs here are The Camera Shop, which is also part of the subway plot, by the way. The Astronomer, Soldier and Rose, The Telescope, and The Wind and Rain. What do you think about the story, Claire? The story is fine. The music is creepy. For the fairy tale timeline? For the fairy tale time. This is the subway one, right? No, the fairy tale timeline is the one with the original Rose and Pearl. Yeah, I think that story is fine. Like, it's very typical. Can't say that I, I'm, like, impressed by, by the story <laughs> timeline, but it's okay. Yeah, honestly, I'm very confused because not just how it's not linear and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I Honestly, that's fine. I think it's actually a rather interesting take on how they want to present a story. So mm -hmm. I respect that. And I think it's kind of fun too. But why? Like the logic of the character is so hard to relate. And I don't think maybe you shouldn't be trying to relate to this at all because everything's just so random. <laughs> like in this timeline or in the storyline, I didn't see the correlation between like, because in the lyrics, they say the astronomer stole Rose's work and published it in his name. And that's why Rose stopped falling in love with him. And that's when he and Pearl started to get together. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know why it makes sense to Rose that her sister will be the one to take the revenge on. Because if she's still in love with a, with a guy, then I understand and be like, oh, I want to take him out. Uh, sorry, take her out mm -hmm. so I can be with the guy. But she didn't love him anyway. So why did she think that it will make sense to take the revenge on her sister and not the guy? Mm -hmm. First thing that confused me. And the mm -hmm. second thing is that when she went to the bear and bear's like, well, actually, I'm not going to help anyway. If you want revenge, you should do it yourself. She's not mad at the bear. Like the bear make her go through so many things in order to collect the things that he demanded. And she was not mad. Like we didn't get to know her reaction at all. And she decided to just take the revenge by killing Pearl and making her bone into a fiddle. Like, it just didn't make sense in my head. And I think the fact that I'm trying to make sense of everything in my head is making it extra hard to enjoy it. And I'm not sure if I'm missing anything, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only person who's doing this, but I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to relate to it. And mm -hmm. it's so hard because nothing makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just a very modern way of presenting art almost 
And I think I can respect that. It's kind of like when I go to a modern art museum and when I look at a modern art painting, I don't really understand what they're trying to communicate, but I can respect that. I just don't think it's my cup of tea though. Okay. But anyways, what do you think? Um, I think I can make a little bit more sense of their motivations. For me, the reason why Rose also took revenge on Pearl is because of jealousy. So I think like she always had some kind of inferiority complex with Pearl. And this was part of the reason why she wants to show that she's a stronger person or that she is more capable in some way. And obviously, unfortunately, it leads to murder here. While the person she should <laughs> exact revenge on is obviously the astronomer and she doesn't in the end. Uh, it could be for a number of reasons, for example, him not even being there. So for me, like understanding of sibling jealousy in a way is something that I could see. Like it's something that is quite ancient with like biblical story, like Cain and Abel and stuff like that. So yeah, stuff that I heard before. So it made a little bit more sense to me narrative wise. In terms of the bear, she has very little, I agree with you. So she doesn't have a very a blown reaction like she has to the other characters, like the astronomer and Pearl when she sees their affair. But she does say like, oh, I hate you, which is kind of minimal, I agree, but it's something. I could make sense of the emotion part of it, though the plot itself took me a little bit longer, I think, to figure out. I really enjoy musically, by the way, this particular plot line. So my three favorite plot lines are going to be the fairy tale subway and Usher. Fairy tale and Usher, House of Usher, are probably more so than the subway. I like how when you say you have three favorite when there's only four. Five, really. Five, all right. It's debatable whether it's four or five because I grouped Soldier and Rose with the fairy tale timeline because there's only one song and I didn't want to give it one of its own where there's so little to talk about. But there is like the fairy tale timeline and then four different occurrences that come from it but whatever so I really like the ones that are a little bit more creepy in a way and I think this does the job really well my favorite song from the musical is also from this timeline which is the telescope and it's because it has like this creepy undertone that I think I like it so much I also understand I I think like the characters of like the astronomer and how selfish she is Rose and how human she is though Pearl seems a little bit more like distant to me like she's very good character like she is a representative I think of all that is good and nice in the world except for maybe the affair that she had with the astronomer but she is really forgiving to Rose whenever she murders her pretty much uh, as a ghost or you know any other instances so I have limited understanding of her in terms of the bear I think he just wants to have fun he doesn't really take it too seriously he doesn't care about how this implicates her and because he is presumed to be very powerful there's nothing the other characters can do to stop him I don't think he dies in any of the instances for example unlike Rose and Pearl who both die in several of them so I don't know I think it's really interesting to me and it could be because the story is very convoluted I can just try my best to make sense of it because I don't like stories that I cannot make sense of and just like brainwash myself to believe that I somewhat understood (laughs) I don't know if this is also you but like if I don't understand a story I don't like it it was imperative for me because I enjoyed the instance of being in the theater that I would make sense of the plot and that's why I was like okay I gotta understand what's going on here I gotta listen to it I gotta reflect yeah I feel like 
I'm pretty much the same. If I don't understand something, it's so hard for me to like it, which is mm-hmm. why I had a, such a hard time trying to like this musical or this mm-hmm. production. Um, I'm not sure if the musical is the right word, but <laughs> production it is. And I can imagine if you're there listening to this live, the whole experience would probably be something special and it's very different very unique it's in in its own way that I could imagine if I go there and actually be there it could be very fun to experience the whole thing but because I'm not and I'm trying to make sense of everything in my head it just it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) (laughs) but okay yeah that's fair enough yeah and I think A lot of people are with you on that because from what I've tried seeing on the internet when I was scouring everywhere to see if anybody's talking about this musical at all, I think maybe like half of the people are just like vibing with the songs. They like the song most of the time and then like the fly is like, oh, it's whatever, it's there. But it's not a main thing for me. It's probably best if they do that as like the album only rather than watching it in person if that's if that's you and it's also like coupled with the fact that if you don't understand something you don't like it so I think like maybe half of the people who watch Ghost Quartet are in the camp of I have no idea what the fuck is going on but I like the music I also really enjoy the music in here they have a lot of genres they have doo-hop and they have like folk and they have I don't know something like that reminds me of like religious music with the soldier the way that she started singing in the beginning I believe it was taken from Muslim prayer music so they have all these different genres and all the different inspiration if you look at the Wikipedia page which is not very helpful for the plot I hope I was better help for the plot but it has the list of inspiration for this production I suppose and it's ginormous and I believe the legend of Zelda is also featured as an inspiration for some reason it's kind of interesting and that's mm-hmm. something that I also really liked looking into so one of the stories here is the House of Usher which is based on Edgar Allan Poe's short story The Fall of the House of Usher which I've read and I really enjoyed um, did you read it before no um, okay Also, I didn't read War and Peace before, and I'm really close to finishing. And the only reason why I've read it or I'm reading it is because of The Great Comet. So I think he inspired me to read quite a few books that I wouldn't have picked otherwise. I was in a writer's group and we read like an annual The Raven on Halloween, if that helps, if that's Mm -hmm. a connection. And I forgot the name of the short story, but the one where he traps somebody in a wine cellar alive do you remember that one no okay you're afraid of ghosts right uh yeah but that doesn't mean I can't read ghost stories oh okay 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 so yeah I really like the house of usher in here I was really struggling to decide whether this one or the fairy tale line is my favorite and for the house of usher it's really nice because about half or more of the song usher part one is lifted from edgar Allan poe's like short story specifically so i think like the beginning narration of the song let me read you a story let me read you a romance from i don't know from the very first song it's from here the opening of the song usher part one has the opening line for the house of usher so dull dark and soundless day Uh, i love the descriptive passages of the characters of roxy and um lady usher are taken from there so i really enjoy that he did that like i feel like it's very imaginative and it puts me in the mood of being there so i don't know i really appreciated that have you read anywhere that why he chose this book specifically no no i haven't have you 
No, but I'm really interested to know because out yeah. of all the books, why this one? Like, why? What is he trying to communicate、mm-hmm. through this part of the plot? I think the reason why I'm having a hard time trying to appreciate the whole thing is because I had no idea what he's trying to say, like a、mm-hmm. message he's trying to communicate, kind of. And usually, if you're looking at the traditional musical, that's told through a story or characters, right? But this one is so different in the sense that there is no one set plot, there is no one set character. Every cast can be. One person, but also different characters at the same time. Like that, to me, is both confusing and impressive at the same time. Which is okay. I can still make do, and I can appreciate that. But I'm really having a hard time trying to understand what he's trying to bring out, like what he's trying to say in this entire production. And I was wondering that by reading the books, because I didn't read it,、um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, do you feel like there is A relation, or do you feel like you understand what the author, or I guess the producer, trying、mm-hmm. to communicate? I don't think there is a message here in that sense because it's not like a traditional musical. So, if I'm not mistaken, the way that this was brought about is him and the other three members just like messing around, drinking some whiskey, and playing some games, and they came up with the idea of doing this project, and they saw it brought to life. This is kind of the vibe it gives to me. So like it's bonfire with friends, and you're messing around and telling each other ghost stories. So it's supposed to be more familiar, I believe, of just like、okay. creating this intimacy between the production and the audience. But also because this is so abstract, you can really take whatever message you would like from this. So I've seen other people like making analysis of who the characters are and how they relate to them and how the different. Storylines、um, relate to who they are as people, and they each draw their own very personal conclusions from either a character they particularly relate to, or maybe a storyline. And I like that they have that. It's not something that is concrete and is up to interpretation a little bit.、Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you latched onto, like you saw yourself in it, or you were specifically interested in that particular aspect in this entire production?、Mm. Not really. To be honest, I was most interested in the Usher storyline as well. But I guess because I'm trying to understand what they're trying to say, it takes like my whole experience watching this part of the production was just trying to figure it out. Okay, okay. So、I'll, maybe I'll go a little bit into the House of Usher. Yeah. So it is a little bit different than the book. So in the book, there are three characters only. There is a pair of twins, a brother and a sister, who are The patrons of the House of Usher, they live there, and they're the last remaining family members of the House of Usher. And then there is the narrator who goes in there to visit his childhood friend, who is the male twin. The male twin feeling a little bit mentally unstable. His sister is dying. Her body is very weak, and they are very close. He hasn't been out of the house for a very long time because he suffers from family ailment. Just like in the musical, the Lady Usher, I believe, is the one who says that she suffers from intense senses and she's very sensitive to everything that is going on. So that prevents her from really like living her life like she did before. Mm-hmm. So this is the equivalent of the guy twin who has mental affliction.、Um, the girl twin, which is the equivalent of Roxy, I believe in here, is suffering from、uh, body illness, and she is on the brink of death. 
So in the original House of Usher, the girl twin dies and the guy twin doesn't want to let go. He decides to bury her in the cellar. And she didn't die though. She Roxy died. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the book. Yeah. So in the book, the thing is, it's kind of a big So <laughs> the, the doctor pronounced her dead and while the narrator and the male twin were carrying her to the cellar to lock her the narrator saw like a smile and he saw like a flush of red on her cheeks so they kind of like nailed her into a coffin um in a cellar with like a metal door or something so like they went through a lot of stuff to make the male twin feel better because he's a really good friend the narrator was reading him story which is the let me read you a story let me read your romance part of it and he was trying to like cheer him up and stuff like that and when he was narrating a story they heard all sorts of sounds happening in the house the twin is deteriorating more and more mentally as soon as his sister died and in the end of it the uh, twin sister ends up being alive so she broke free from the casket she was in she broke free from the cellar and made her way up to where the narrator and the male twin are at she collapsed on the male twin they both died and the narrator ran out of the house and as soon as he ran out of the house the house of usher collapsed and left no trail of uh the house itself and of the inhabitants so the twins so the themes of the house of usher itself i believe is like the connection between the inhabitants and the house when the house is really deteriorated the um the twins are really deteriorated and when they die the house dies and there are other themes in there like unreliable narration which is something that is really present in ghost quartet and uh family which is also something that is really present in ghost quartet i don't know if that helps at all but there are several themes that are overlapping but there are also key differences such as introducing more characters not like the house itself didn't collapse even though um in here the sister did kill the brother so roxy did kill the mom the other family members are still alive so it is a little bit different to make it more of his own okay yeah, so I think like there are several things I noticed, which is like a big one being family and maybe the fact that Pearl is so forgiving towards Rose is because of that familial obligation. She knows her really well because she saw her growing up. She saw her growing up in all her reincarnation as her mother, for example, with the House of Usher, as her lover and her, as her sister with Shahrazad. So she has a great understanding of who Rose is and she was able to forgive her despite all the stuff that Rose caused. So this is like one familial aspect of it in terms of the characters in house of usher so like you have star child which obviously wasn't in the original book and all i think house of usher actually has the most part so it has star child usher part one family meaning fathers and son usher part two usher part three which is also part of the subway plot and lights out so it's probably the biggest like chunk of it songs wise even though it's not necessarily the main plot because that's a fairy tale plot i really like how creepy this is i love how creepy <laughs> this is and i think it's probably because I'm scared of stuff that, sorry, I'm scared of stuff that I like, I believe could happen. And because I absolutely don't believe in anything like supernatural or ghosts, whatever, it's like, oh, you know, this is like a fun, spooky ghost scare, uh, ghost story. That's why I think I like this so much because I like being a little bit scared or a little bit like entertained in a spooky way, but not like actually terrified. I also, by the way, really like Usher Part 3. I don't know if they're, which one was your favorite song? 
I hate all the Usher songs actually. Oh, you do. Like, I plot love wise, them. Plot wise, it's the most interesting plot, I think. Okay. But music is just so hard to get into. <laughs> it's it's really hard, and it's not even about the fact that it's creepy. Yeah, it just sounds so repetitive. Mm. Like I'm not saying it's boring because <laughs> it's not, and there's a lot of things going on, but. It's just so modern. I think it's the the word modern is probably the best way I could describe it because I feel the same way as if I go into the modern art museum looking at the modern art painting. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I can't appreciate it. I don't think <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to appreciate it. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So okay, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's great if people find it good and they enjoy it. I'm just not one of those people. Did you notice any of like the family relationship between Lady Usher, Edgar Usher, the the son, which have like their own song, which is interesting because this musical is so female focused with Rose and Pearl. The fact that you have like the father and son interacting, I think it's pretty singular to the House of Usher because I don't think they have two male characters interacting with each other apart from that. That's true. That's true. But honestly, I don't know if that's because it's a choice. That they made because of a message that they're trying to communicate, or just because the two other guys cast members are mostly playing instruments, and、mm. so they kind of have to have more female singing in their musical numbers. Yeah, I feel like for me, the fathers and sons song, what I got from it is again the cyclical notion of things. So. The son got a lot of the habits of the father, a not a great lover or deadbeat dad and stuff like that. So you see a lot of his behaviors reflecting what he grew up with, and that's kind of similar to the way that the sister go through a cyclical story and they go through their own more human, relatable cyclical story. And I really like that part. I think we'll go to the subway, which has your favorite song, the photograph. So the subway probably connects most to the、uh, fairy tale timeline, which is the main one. The subway, the photograph, hero, and midnight. And I just want to say, when we go to the final rating, I would have rated the musical higher if not for hero and tango dancer. I really, really dislike hero as a song, and tango dancer. I am. I usually skip it when I listen to a musical. But what do you think of the subway timeline? I mean, honestly, there's only one event happening. I don't know why they can have so many songs for that one event.、Mm. It's it's a little bit too much, in my opinion.、Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the camera shop, even though it's technically I, I'm not sure which timeline or which plotline it should belong to, but I think it's somehow related to this one. Yeah.、Um, for the rest of it, I I'm okay. It it definitely gives you the creepy vibe, which I usually would enjoy. I think the use of instruments are interesting. The melody, though, it just sounds really, really weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching those, like you know, those Oscar-winning foreign film smaller productions. Yeah, type of smooth <laughs> movie. That's、yeah. that's the vibe that I got from from these. Honestly, is, pretty accurate, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that. Like, if well, I don't think it like was even nominated for a Tony or anything. It's too small of a production. But if it was on a bigger scale or if it was filmed in Hollywood or something, I totally see it being an Oscar bait and starring who would it star? Like Leonardo DiCaprio probably, even though he got his Oscar already. Who else? <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think would star in there from like a big movie? Ooh, 
Um, that's a great question. I can totally see DiCaprio being like the astronomer. That's for sure. Who would be the bear? What's his face? Dawn played. I think I, Natalie I, Portman will be probably a pretty good Rose, in my opinion. I could see that. I could see that. Who would be Pearl then? Somebody, Somebody more weird. innocent looking for sure. Exactly. I could also see her as Pearl, to be honest, but I think Rose is probably a meteor part yeah. for her to play. Rose is far more complicated. Yeah. I think her acting skills are good enough for, for that sort of role. So yeah. Maybe, there'll be a ways for her to to be Pearl, I think. I can see that. Maybe Anya Taylor-Joy? She's too young. She is kind of young, you're right. Maybe Amy Adams? I have no idea. Amy Adams gives me a different kind of innocence feel, though. She does. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that will be a good question for discussion, you know? If any of our audience listening to this have an idea... If someday yeah. this actually happened to turn out to be a movie, <laughs> who that do you want to see starring movie. in it? <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember his name, but it's the uh, actor who played Heimdall in like Thor. Who? The actor who played Heimdall in Thor. Heimdall? Yeah. Which one is that? Is that <laughs> in Thor 1 or 2? 3? No, I think it's in both. Idris Elba is his name. But yeah, I could kind of see him playing the bear, maybe. Please let us know if you can envision who would play them. We'd love to know for sure. Where was I before this? Sorry. So out of all of the stuff, ignoring the timeline, what's your favorite song? Oh, okay. Great question. I actually found a a pattern of my liking of the songs. And that Mm. is usually I enjoy the songs that doesn't belong to any plot line at all. So any kind of a dead person and four friends, I think, mm. are both really nice. Yes. Yeah. I really, really don't like the wind and rain, though. Oh. Um, I mean, in that category. It sounds really nice in the first maybe a minute or, or so. And then it just keeps on repeating itself over and over and again until the end, which mm-hmm. um, I think it's a little bit too boring. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, The Wind and Rain is based on a poem by the same name. And I believe it also has the same plot of a jealous sister drowning her other sister. Wow. Um, So maybe this is something, I didn't read the poem. I don't like poetry personally. But maybe it's something that also features from the poem and that's why it's repetitive. But I can understand with that as well because I do think it sounds very serene. Mm-hmm. almost music wise but then you listen a little bit closely to what they're saying and you're like oh this isn't nice <laughs> uh I wish you didn't do that with such a beautiful sounding song that's interesting so did you like in total there are four songs that are not connected to a plot I don't know any kind of dead person four friends and prayer so do you like I don't know and prayer as well I like I don't know too mm-hmm. um prayer i honestly don't remember <laughs> fair enough <laughs> okay so i really enjoy the photograph i think for the same reason why i enjoyed it house of usher it's really really creepy also the subway i like how intense it gets and how like 
I feel a little bit anxious. So like, I think the reason why the subway plotline has so many songs is because it examines how the people there react to each other and how they feel. So it goes up to the intensity of the moment itself and the split second decision that you have to make. And that it examines the feelings that the bystander and the victim is experiencing, which I like. So I like the fact that we get to see the same event from multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. So the subway line was a good one for me. The one that I was kind of mm, okay about, but I didn't love was Arabian Night. And I, I think because I didn't like Tango Dancer as a song very much. And also it's the most abstract one. So I feel like, first of all, you need to be kind of a little bit familiar with Arabian Night, which thanks to Twisted, we are. And probably before Twisted too, but... Uh, you need to have more familiarity with it before. And then it's kind of abstract because it connects the story of the monk to the story of Shiharazad in the same storyline, but it's not very well connected like the other ones. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to like or to relate to. I already mentioned I didn't enjoy Tango Dancer that much. Monk is pretty okay and Bedmen are also pretty okay to me, but... I don't have much else to say about it. I do like that they're sisters again in here. And I like that a piece of Stardust is is a story. And I also like that Shehrazad, as the storyteller, she tells the story of pretty much everything else that is happening, you know? So like she tells the story of the subway and she tells the story of Starchild. And that's like part of everything that's happening. And a lot of them actually storytelling is a big theme because it opens, of course, with Let Me Read You a Story. It happens with Arabian Night. It happens with the camera shop. And it happens with the House of Usher. And they all tell a story. Did you enjoy the Arabian Night storyline? Um, it's okay. It's relatively more okay. It's not my least favorite. Mm. Um, but I think it's my second least favorite. Yeah. Just because you, I feel like I didn't really understand the whole plot line Mm. to begin with. And yeah, I feel like it also lacks the creepiness, which makes it so interesting Mm-hmm. So um, in that regard, it's weird. Like, <laughs> it's not as memorable because it's not creepy enough, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think that's why either this or Soldier is my least favorite. Mm-hmm. I just didn't vibe with it that much. And for the unrelated one, so I know I think this is probably your favorite, not from the like from the entire musical. But for me, I actually also like the majority of them a lot. I don't think I skip any of them whenever I listen to the uh, cast recording. And I particularly like, I don't know. I think it's really catchy, to be honest. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that like it kind of breaks it in between to make it less cohesive. Because I feel like if you try to pass it as a cohesive story without the songs that make absolutely no sense with any of the plotline, it will be much more confusing. So I like that he did that. And also, like, it's such a great way to just insert songs you don't see fitting in anywhere else. So, like, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber does it a lot. He has, like, a big song that he likes, and then he creates a musical around it. So, like, with Cat's Memory and also with Love Never Dies, he did with... Did he do it with Love Never Dies? No, Beneath the Moonless Sky is... Um, love never dies yeah <laughs> the musical that should not be mentioned eh yeah I mean we'll get to that <laughs> yes. at some point yes sure. so I think I'd rather this happening in this way so like just stick them in something like this mm. rather than create an entire musical 
like Lover Never Never Dies. Though I did enjoy Cats, but Love Never Dies, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess overall for me, what I really enjoyed is the plot <laughs> more so than the music, even though I did enjoy quite a few of the musical numbers, especially the creepy ones, just because I really like seeing how things are consistent, what makes sense, what connections you can make and like peer at it from all these different perspectives like it's kind of like a puzzle to me and there are some puzzles that I really like like thinking about and it feels such a great accomplishment whenever you figure something out or wherever something makes sense to you and you have an aha moment so I think that draws me back to the musical again and again and trying to see oh what is the same across every single one is storytelling the same across every single one maybe if you're considering whether the soldier plotline is separate or part of the fairy tale like it's also interesting to see the consistencies so that's what I appreciate most about the musical even though I also appreciate the cast the fact that they only have four of them and they have to do so many different characters and so many different actings and they have to all play an instrument at some point or another and interact with each other in such a way that's so mind-boggling and amazing to me and the voices especially the voice of the two leads uh Rose and Pearl their voices are amazing like I really really like their voices especially Pearl's so vocally it's really really impressive to me and I also enjoy all the different musical styles and all the different inspiration it draws from so that that's for me but I do understand that this one is definitely an odd duck and it's not for everybody so what do you think of it I think overall it's an interesting experience I usually really like the puzzling or like trying to figure something out experience like you said and I think that's part of the reason why I always enjoy a lot of like the crime movies or thrillers because you're trying to try and figure out like what happened mm-hmm. and um, like what everybody's trying to do and that sort of thing so I really personally enjoy that but this one I feel like it had the potential of being something as interesting as something I just described, but because it just doesn't have a message that Mm. I feel it's very hard for me to relate to it. Like when I go to the theater, I would like to be moved or inspired or challenged or or entertained. Um, So it doesn't really always have to have a core important message. Like if you go into Lion King, like I'm pretty sure nobody's trying to be like educated and you're just there trying to have a good time, right? Which is totally fine. But this one, I don't know. I think if the pure entertainment was its purpose, I didn't feel like I was entertained because half of the time I'm trying to figure out what happened. And when I do find out what happened, I would say that I was a little bit disappointed to know that there was no value or there was no um, message that the whole production was trying to communicate. It was just kind of like, hey here's the story okay I know about the story and then what? that Mm -hmm. sort of feeling so that's my that's something that I feel like was pretty unfortunate for the production um and music wise again it's just very modern I don't feel like I'm a very modern person Mm -hmm. usually if it's art um, history or anything that I enjoy I prefer classical a lot so I definitely would have preferred a more classic musical numbers um sorry do you mean the music itself or the presentation both oh really yeah why you think because I thought some of them were very traditional 
So, for example, I thought Wind and Rain was very traditional. Oh, and... like that's for sure. But that's because it's based on the poetry, or like based oh, on something. Oh, like right? I meant the music style itself. So, like the music style gave me very like traditional music, the soldier and Rose as well. So, quite a few numbers were I think more modern so for example hero and star child i would say are more modern to me but there are a few that i thought were very traditional but that's just i will agree a few are okay because mm-hmm. i do enjoy a few of the numbers but majority of them i don't think it's classic at all okay. which is okay i'm pretty sure there are people who like it like you mm-hmm. but it's just not my thing probably and I do feel like if you go there to enjoy the music and the whole experience live, that would definitely help it a lot. And I just don't have that experience. So it just everything feel very distant, even though I have to say, though, is again, like the cast is just amazing. I think it's very interesting how the four of them can pull this everything through in this entire production is just quite amazing and their vocals are very good too the fact that they use a lot of interesting instruments are also very fun uh, for example i think there was an erhu and uh and one of the songs and it's just so clever and very refreshing to see some sort of traditional chinese instrument being used in a western musical production like this um so i think some of their instrument choice is definitely interesting and it's very fun. But overall, I think music is just not really my style. So even though I can give them credits for trying, it's not something that I would probably go back to listen to a lot. Um, even though they do have some pretty good songs, I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, that's for the music. And yeah, I will say the whole experience of trying to figure out what happened was definitely the most entertaining aspect of trying to prep for this episode or just enjoying this production in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I found out what happened, it was just a little bit too disappointing because I don't feel like I'm, I found anything too mind-blowing or, or impressive. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like piecing things together and be like, okay, <laughs> that's what it is. But mm-hmm. it doesn't give me the wow feeling. Yeah, so that's just me. I think if you have, like, I think this is a very interesting take or attempt of trying to present a musical or some form of theater in a very different way. And I do like how they're trying to engage the audience. They turn off the light in some of the songs. They give audience instruments to play with them. They serve alcohol or things like that. I think it's very different and to that attempt, I think it definitely deserves a lot of credits for trying to break it a little. Because if you look at the traditional musical, a lot of them are very distant. Like you have very beautiful props or amazing stage design, but obviously you don't feel as engaged um, physically. But this one is just totally different. So I would definitely say that it's a nice attempt and I, I see where they're trying to go. I, I see what they're trying to do. Um, but unfortunately, the plot and the music just didn't work as well for me for this one. Okay, that's fair enough. So I guess that brings us to the quiz portion. And okay. I am going to give you a choice <laughs> okay. between 
um two so you can either decide which ghost quartet character are you or you can decide which ghost quartet storyline are you oh let's go with the storyline all right um both of these are well very well done i've taken them both just to see (laughs) and this one is nice all right so this one is uh, which Ghost Quartet storyline are you? And it's from youquiz.com. So I believe it's like not from any specific big website like BuzzFeed or something like that that we've done before. It's like a smaller thing that I've mainly seen on Tumblr. So yeah. All right. Updated. Updated. Questions. Yeah. Because the first question reads, so what have you been doing during quarantine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it is pretty new. Maybe Maybe people got into it more recently because I believe the pro shot he released on his YouTube channel he released maybe a year ago so maybe people Mm -hmm. found it then okay so the options are spending way too much time fixating on how little work you've done maybe definitely have slipped into the tiniest depression missing friends and loved ones that you can no longer visit in person practicing new hobbies or skills, taking it one day at a time, slowly figuring out a routine that mimics the norm, reading books for comfort, likely rereading, being creative, writing, drawing, crafting, etc., drinking and or smoking way more than usual. I'm gonna pick missing friends and loved ones that you can no longer visit, but I would definitely say that I also feel very related to the tiniest depression and the little work that I've done. Oh, <laughs> I live with my loved ones. So I'm going to pick reading books for comfort, likely rereading because I've done way too much of that. <laughs> Choose a loaded word you would use to describe yourself. Sensitive, pensive, ready, guarded, awkward, ill-tempered, lonely, neurotic. Oh, it's a hard choice between sensitive and awkward. I'm Some gonna... of these I don't think are very loaded. Like pensive is loaded. I don't know about that. <laughs> Ready is loaded. Mm. I'm going <laughs> to pick sensitive. I'm going to pick awkward. Pick a lyric from another Dave Malloy work. The zest of life has vanished. Only the skeleton remains. I will stand in the dark for you. I will hold your you back by force. I can't believe I stumbled that <laughs> I really like that song. I was okay once. I can be okay again. I've not gone crazy just yet. She says there is a star inside me, burning up my soul every day. Darkness and light, all the time, all the same. All the same, all the same, sorry. I watched myself reborn as an icon for awfulness and hate. And I think I stopped at the chessboard, stopped at the Queen's Knight. He had nowhere to go. It seems to me that this comet feels me, feels my softened and uplifted soul and my newly melted heart, now blossoming into a new life. I was okay once. I can be okay again. Probably. <laughs> I'm going to pick the last one. It seems to me that this comet feels me. How would you describe your family dynamic? It's honestly highly dysfunctional, but everyone just ignores it and we pretend it's all normal. Most, if not all of us, are incompetent when it comes to processing emotion in a healthy way. I'm really close with one or two members, but the rest may as well be strangers to me. It's been hard to keep up with them since I moved out, but we love each other and speak when we can. None of these, I enjoy a great nuclear family experience. I'm going to pick second last one, actually. Okay, I'm picking the last one. Pick a classic you probably studied in high school, Dracula, Emily Dickinson poems, The Crucible, Macbeth, 
Turn of the Screw, Wuthering Heights, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Little Women. I already know it's Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, for for you, I knew right when I was reading it. Oh, um, it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, back in high school. <laughs> oh, it's no longer your favorite Shakespearean play. Uh, it comes very close, but I can't decide between this one and, and Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. For me, it actually has my favorite for sure, which is A Midsummer Night Dream. My second favorite, by the way, is uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, I thought <laughs> it was gonna be A Little Women. Okay. Oh, no, no, I meant Shakespearean play. Oh, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Pick a card of the major arcana, arcana. I, I don't know Tarot. I'm sorry. I think this is Tarot, right? The fool, the magician, the high priestess, the empress, the emperor, the hierophant, hierophant. I don't know. Oh my God, this is a long list. The lovers, the chariot, justice, the hermit, will of fortune, strength, the hanged man, death, temperance, the devil, the tower, the star, the moon, the sun, judgment, the world. I'm just gonna randomly pick one because I have no idea what these mean. <laughs> um, so I'll pick death. Oof! I'm gonna pick the high priestess just because I like the sound of it. Okay. You, which Hosier album do you prefer? I didn't listen to any of them. I only me listened too. to Take Me to Church. Me so. too. <laughs> Relatable. But I know he's apparently very, very good. Uh, the two options are Self-Titled and Wasteland Baby. Is it really Wasteland Baby or is it just Wasteland? And then this person really liked the baby. I have no idea. I'm going to go with self-titled. I'm going to go with Wasteland Baby then. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Uh, true. Pick your favorite kind of color. Warm pastel, warm dark, cool pastel, cool dark. Warm dark. Cool pastel. We're like the exact opposite. What element is most dominant in your birth chart? I don't know my birth chart. I'm sorry. So if you don't know, just select the element of your sun sign. So I think sun sign is like the normal zodiac. Fire, water, earth, air. I think for me it was water. Yeah, for me it's earth. All right. What did you get? I get two sisters. Ooh. Um, you have a very strict sense of right and wrong. Even if that set of morals doesn't always line up with other people's. You'll likely stick to your convictions and people admire that about you. You'll feel like you've been stuck in the same routine for longer than you've been in quarantine for years, maybe. If you can get out of that rut, your passion will take you wherever you want to be. All right. Okay. For me, I got, I think, your least favorite, <laughs> which oh, no. is Subway. Subway is your least favorite, right? Um, it's very hard to say. It's very hard. <laughs> I think... Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. because it's either this one or the mis- middle eastern one uh-huh oh but okay anyway what okay that's what you got yes that's what i got so i got subway you may be a little awkward in interpersonal relationships but that doesn't mean you aren't eager to create them and love and cherish as much of life as you can you're probably eager for the future trying your hardest to look ahead That being said, maybe things would be easier for you if you started living more in the present rather than looking forward so much. This is a pretty good quiz, eh? I know, yeah. Are you, like, do you resonate with your results or no? It's okay. It's pretty, pretty good. I'm happy with the result. At least I didn't get the, my, my least favorite ones. (laughs) Yes, that is true. Okay, so I guess that brings us to the final ranking. Drumroll, please. I'm gonna give it this is such an awkward ranking because if it's just by the production like 
by itself the attempt like the formats and the structure and everything i think i'll rate it way higher but if you consider the music and everything else i have to give it maybe a 3.5 out of 10 um hair hair yeah yeah because she used the hair as a string right in the last song oh that's creative okay. that creeped me out anyways <laughs> <laughs> i see i see the like the implant yeah. itself in your mind but if it would only talking about the structure and the format then i think i'll give it the credits of maybe a six or a seven okay i am going to give it an 8.5 pieces of toast Ooh, that's nice thank you by the way if you could be one thing from the breakfast what would you be that's the question i've been thinking Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think probably... Usually I don't have breakfast, so would coffee count? Or tea? <laughs> or does it have to be a food item? Anything, I guess. Okay, so I'll go with coffee or tea. Okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. How about you? I think I'm going to go with egg, maybe. <laughs> yes, you definitely should go with egg. <laughs> <laughs> Such a common thing. Um, I've been trying to choose between like egg and like jam or anything I don't know why I'm saying this but anyways <laughs> oh no I'm curious like I think the question that she asked though pretty good like I would love to know like what's your favorite type of dead person or <laughs> I think ghost is a pretty good ghost or vampire I think in my opinion are the best choices yeah but I think so too yeah yeah um, I can totally or- see this being one of those you know weird curveball interview questions <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why do you want to be that? And should I yeah. be worried? <laughs> He's like, huh, why coffee? And you have to come up with a good, good reason or somehow relate it back to your work style or your person. Anyway. Oh, coffee would be really easy to reason, but I would love to see how you would reason with an egg. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like egg is the birth of my devotion to your work life because egg not only nourishes us but it's also a potential fetus that will bloom into a realized being or something I, mean, I like lines. that I like that take but my original interpretation was gonna be like because it provides a lot of nutrients okay that was <laughs> shooting shoot shoehorn in there so I'm right. gonna give myself partial credits okay <laughs> all right um what type of cat would you be if already going mm. through it Norwegian cat a Norwegian cat. What is yeah. that? Oh, Nor- you mean like a house cat, Norwegian cat? It's a, it's a breed, actually. Of a house cat, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, How about you? Hmm. Maybe a Maine Coon. Okay. Which is also a breed of cat. Okay. Or a ragdoll, maybe. I love okay, both of them are really cute. But also Scottish Fold. I lo- I really like cats. But yeah. um, I think we both agree on house cats rather than the big cats out there. Yeah. I just want to see if we covered all the questions that were asked. I think so, right? Oh, if you could be a bird, what type of bird would you be? Oh, I don't like birds. That's true. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, How about a penguin or an emu or something? Those oh, are okay. More... Penguin, maybe. That's yeah. the penguin. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm not sure if my desire to be a veterinarian when I was young is surfacing in all these animal questions, but I would like to be an owl, I think. Oh, okay. That's a good choice. That's a smart, simple. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. You're really boosting me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can see myself as a puffin too. 
apartment. Oh, that's so cute. Because they look so dumb. Like, no, they look adorable. It's <laughs> so cute. Anyways, um, okay, I think we literally covered all the questions that were asked in this. Perfect. Sure. So I guess that is us for <laughs> this particular <laughs> very special Halloween special. And if you would like to discuss the plot of this, maybe, or the music in here with us, or maybe a previous production we talked about, or you want to give us a recommendation for future ones, you can contact us at Podway Podcast on Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. And if you're not a social media person, you can always contact us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, thank you very much for listening and I hope this made sense. Do I say something? <laughs> oh, you can say bye. Don't forget okay, to say okay. bye here. <laughs> Happy Halloween, bye. guys. Bye. Happy Halloween. I don't know why I waved my hand as a bye, but yeah. <laughs>